ready yet. I can't wait to get inside my little ball and roll around on the roller skater rink. Hey, we we I thought we both agreed uh, that we both weren't gonna do this. Oh, I know, I know, I didn't agree to nothing. I'm just uh, I, I, I flipped the plan on you. I did the old. They murdered my family. You know, uh, I I appreciate your efforts, but it sounds really weird. I just want to say it sounds really, really weird. Real. You mean really, really, like real rotten the podcast where you watch movies underneath 25% of tomatoes like that for real? Hey, now that's a segue. Welcome to that podcast. I am Nick. That is Steven. Shaboy! And we're and we're here to we're here to we're here to uh, to talk to talk squad. Yeah, you heard of squad. talking straw shop, we're talking squad. Talking squad. Uh not talking about squad, we're talking about a squad in particular. We'll get to that. First, I, I want to recognize that the uh, the summer of sick has turned into the summer of see you later. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, I go on vacation, you on vacation, uh, you say vacation, I say vacation. Uh, I've been working, uh, so we haven't been able to do as many podcasts as we would like. So we apologize to you, the listener, Urs, all twelve of you. We are we are sad. We are sorry, but we'll we'll do better. We'll do better. Yeah, you know you know what they say. Uh, uh, um, uh. uh we're living in a fool's paradise, going on all these holidays. But you know, you know, even even the Lord needs a day of rest. Yeah, I got this notes app apology. I just want to read it. It says, "Kyle's wedding speech." Up oh, this wrong notes app. Wrong notes app. I will uh, reveal that one later. <laughs> Big breaking news, which is not breaking and not news. I am uh, I'm giving Kyle's best man speech. Uh, in a few months. So wow. send me ideas. I, I need all the help I can get. I'm working on it. Well, I just started working on it. I Oh, brother, this guy I just stinks. I just said that I should start working on it. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm really excited about it. Uh, if you have any criticisms of Kyle you'd like me to say, listener, I'm happy to do it. He obviously won't hear them because he's not on the podcast today, so... So there's that. Um, are you gonna say this at all during your speech? You're locked in here with me. <laughs> yeah, and and say uh, you get what you fucking deserve. Speaking of, you get what you fucking deserve. Wow. I uh, worked as I worked at summer camp, and uh, at the camp, one of the meanest things was ever that has ever been uttered was said to me, but it started out as one of the nicest things anybody ever said. A child came up to me, and said the words. You sound like Joe Quinn Phoenix. And I was like, you mean Joaquin Phoenix? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Joe Quinn? Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. They're like in the Joker. Oh, wow. They said that my voice is exactly the same as Joaquin Phoenix's voice in the Joker. So I just wanted to put that on the record. I don't know if it's true. I, don't, I hope it isn't. But uh, now I've I've never... the Joker, baby. Is that what you wanted to say? Yeah, yeah. I've never been more nervous. So there's that. Uh, Other breaking news. Don't break out. Don't break out in a nervous laughter now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know we don't want any of that. Yeah, I'm not gonna try. Okay. (laughs) 
So the uh, the movie The Joker still haunts me to this day. I'm glad. I hope Kyle listens to that part. Yeah, he'll he'll splice that over and over, and that'll be his ringtone. You get what you deserve, Kyle. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's egregious. <laughs> We're talking G force. The uh, guinea pigs. That form are we form a, a, a G force? I thought we were talking about a Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, we're talking about Suicide Squad. I mean, they are a Suicide Squad if they eat too much popcorn. <laughs> yeah. But we're getting into that. Yeah, I we guess. are going to talk about uh, different ways animals die randomly, uh, especially small animals. <laughs> <laughs> but there, was, there is a new James Gunn Suicide Squad that is out, and it is a disappointment. Is at it? the box office. Oh, who would have thought? Uh, not on Rotten Tomatoes, where it is a in the 90s. Uh, congratulations to that. Uh, I bet it's not a disappointment on the home box office, uh, uh, Max, Maximilian's app. Yeah, somebody, somebody's got to be watching this thing, right? Oh, I think a lot of people watched it. Yeah. If, if not only for, for one, uh, our own little uh, baby, baby boy, uh, King Shark. Yeah. Other news. We have a new guest. He's our producer for the podcast today. You are going to hear some weird sounds in the background. And that is a, uh, Arlo the dog is here. He's excited to join us. We welcome him excitedly, and it's going to go great. I have a good feeling about it. Do you got a feeling? Woo-hoo. So, yeah, <laughs> We're going to get into that. <laughs> but Space Jam New Legacy, 27%. We're almost there, people. It's reaching it. It's We're reaching almost it. there, people. We got to work on this together. It's okay? reaching Hall of Fame status. We need one more percentage. That's all we need. One more percentage, and then it gets to the Hall of Fame. Then we can do it. We'll be ready for it. So I mean, technically it could now, but but we're not going to give it that satisfaction yeah, nor yeah, yeah. benefit. Tell your reviewer friends to get on. Give it a negative review. We want to get to 25.4. Yeah. Yeah. So that it rounds down. We need the yeah, we need the average. Give me the average. And the last movie news that I wanted to bring up is Jennifer Hudson says the Cats movie is misunderstood. Uh, what better movie than another Talking Animals movie to talk about the ultimate singing animals movie, yeah. Cats. The ultimate uh, cinematic experience. She thinks that people in the future will revere it. Uh, what is your take on that? I mean, it, it gets revered like The Room. If it gets revered like... Uh, like uh, What's that other what's that other movie that people watch? Uh Plan Nine from Outer Space. Yep. You know? A little little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh, it, it's just it's just a spectacle unlike any other. It's uh it's the masters, if you would, on on film. Yeah, could it save movie theaters by <laughs> coming back into theaters and, and having people be excited again? Uh, it very it very well could if you host like parties, uh, if you host things things like that. Meanwhile, her new film, uh, Aretha, Aretha, ten, ten million dollars at the box office. Respect, so far. respect. So, so yeah, it's not a lot of people respecting that box office number. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's sure. a bummer. Uh, have you seen your first movie in the theater yet? No, no, sir. I no. I did mine. I not did with, mine. Not with the Delta Force present, which which bums me out when I say that because we should uh, do the Delta Force, but the Delta Force is not uh, below twenty five percent. Which it's is not a, no another Chuck Norris movie, the first one, the Delta Force. Oh, that's a bummer because now we have to do Delta Farce. Yeah, the, uh, the one with our guy Wagwan, Larry Cable guy. 
17%. So we can do the Delta Force. Uh, I was wrong. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. 1986. Back on. It's back on. Uh, Lee, Lee I'm final film. <laughs> yeah, call my boy. Yeah. We're, we're, we're uh, calling a. That because we need to do an action film. We got to uh, do an action film. Yeah, over yeah, we, the summer. we uh, we're, we're still technically in the summer of sick. Uh, the are. good thing about living in the Bay Area is that summer lasts longer than you expected to. Yeah, with a Native American summer. Yeah, but let's get into it, shall we? Yep. Should we talk about G Force or should we let the trailer speak for itself? Let's let the trailer speak for itself. All right, let's see if we can get us to fucking get a little taste. Agent Darwin, status report. I have a visual on Sabres wearing a $6,000 suit. And according to my infrared scope, size 36, tidy whities They're the government's newest spies. James Bond never had these problems. And they're teaming up to take evil down. Holla. From Walt Disney Pictures comes Jerry Bruckheimer's first 3D movie. He's blood blaster. What do you suggest I do? Pooping his hand. Pooping his hand. G-Force. Ready PG. Directed by Hoyt Gateman. Ready Pitch gone wild. Hoyt Yateman. There's a couple, Director. yeah, that, that's the worst part about that trailer. That you directed find, by Hoyt Yateman. No, not that you find out that Hoyt Yateman directed this, but this is where I just found out right now that Hoyt Yateman's name isn't pronounced Yeatman. It isn't, isn't pronounced Yeatman. I need uh, to be disappointed by that. Y-E-A-T-M-A-N yeah. is yeah. not spelled. Uh, there's no yeeting going on on this podcast. I we mean, are a yeet-free podcast Yeah, now. we're not announcing it to the world. That's the only thing. If you were Yateman, wouldn't you ask to be pronounced Yeatman? Uh, especially if your first name's Hoyt. Yeah. You Hoyt, already got the hard Y. Hoyt Yeatman. Hoyt Yeatman. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Troy Aikman. Oh, my. It's a better Troy Aikman. It's a better version of Troy Aikman. That's a... That's a <laughs> Hoyt Yeatman. Yeah, Hoyt Yeatman gets in, in, Hoyt invited Yeatman, to the... Hoyt Yeatman is a poor, poor uh, attempt at trying to sound like Troy Aikman. That's all I got to say. <laughs> no, he's the one that gets invited to the Hall of Fame even before he's done playing football. He gets in immediately. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's an automatic uh, first-time ballot, whatever those are. Um, we'll get into Hoy Yateman, but yeah. first... Uh, first, let's talk about his movie, uh, G-Force, which had a critical rating, of, according to Rotten Tomatoes, 22% aggregate. Yeah. Yeah, 22. So big double deuce. Uh, with an audience score of 39. Yeah. So, so surprisingly low or expectantly low? I want to say expectantly low. Before we say the uh, reviews, I'm just going to tell you what this movie's about, because you might have no fucking idea. Yeah, I didn't, and I didn't, and I watched this movie, and I watched a completely different movie than what I originally thought. Yeah, armed with the latest high-tech spy gear, a guinea pig named Darwin, and his team of specially trained rodents are often the last line of defense against chaos and destruction. But when the government shuts them down and ships them off to a pet shop, Darwin and his gang will have to find a way to break out and prevent a mad billionaire from taking over the world. Bill Nye. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes blurb said of this uh, plot and premise, and this film itself... Uh, G-Force features manic action but fails to come up with interesting characters or an inspired plot. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Maybe. Uh, uh, Rotten Tomato writer who needs to be us. Yeah. We're going to go to, we're going to go to uh, my cousin, maybe, by some distance. Future cousin. Ben Lyons from At The Movies. He said, it just didn't come together. He gave it a chance, though. That's what we do in the Lions family. We give it a chance. You give it a chance, and then uh, you realize what errors you've made. Um, speaking of which, uh, speaking of major error, Lorushka, uh, <laughs> Ivo- man, I knew how to pronounce it. Lorushka Ivan Zadea. Uh, Lorush- L- yeah, Lorushka Ivan Zadea from the Metro newspaper out of the UK said that it was a guaranteed nonstop gung ho action action plugged directly into your synapses. <laughs> A, I originally put this down before I even watched the movie. 
Yeah. So uh, as as pure as uh, to be honest with you folks, to be honest with the audience, for once, uh, this was this was supposed to be uh, a parody, uh, a parody, a uh, 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 blurb. But I might have to agree with you. There was a lot of action in this film. A lot of a lot of practical effects compared to the CGI uh, of the main characters. <laughs> yeah. This this film was like. Um putting on a, a a future helmet, you know, one of those helmets that puts you into a future world. Sure. Yeah. A VR helmet? This film is like Ready Player One in the future when you, you wear a helmet and you get to go into like a, a, a physical visual virtual world. A haptic world. Haptic world. That's sure. that's what she that experienced with G Force. Uh who? Is that the future of movies? Who are you talking about? Hey. The late, the, <laughs> Uh, oh, you, oh, Lodoruska? Yeah, your girl. Uh, I mean, Lodoruska should have been. It might have been a knee deep in a hash ball, but <laughs> a sheesh ball. But who's 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 gonna who's gonna say otherwise? Well, I wish that I was her. That would have been a great. No, way to no, I, this movie. I, I I agree with her. No, I agree with her on, on an objective point of view. There is a lot of action in this film that just takes hold and uh, will not let go. So it is way more action packed of a of a children's you know audience based film. Than I realized. Way better than Zoom. I'll say that. Better than Zoom. Better than Zoom in regards to action. Uh, no Zoom. Yeah, you're right. No Zooms at all there for the Zoomers. Um, yeah. And then not as much. Well, not, better better quality action than the Haunted Mansion. Yes. Yeah. Which kind of pains me. To, uh, uh, movie of the year? Is this? Are we? <laughs> Are we G-Force. saying this is G-Force's movie of the year? The G- real rotten movie of the year? G-Force may be for G's, but we're wow. going to get into that. Wow. Into that. Movie of the year. But we need to see what uh, our, our guy said about it, too. Thank you, Arlo. Now it's time for <laughs> Odd Ebert with Ebert. I really love that uh, Ebert, before he died, did this movie. Yeah, he did. I'm re- I was this surprised. Is right ar- this is right I, around it, huh? I wasn't going to, yeah, I wasn't going to pick, uh, I wasn't I wasn't anticipating uh, getting an Odd Ebert, but we found it. We found it. Uh, Ebert uh, generalized with, uh, it will possibly be enjoyed by children of all ages. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's that's fair. That's fair, Roger. Um, this is this uh, blurb in particular, though, from from his uh, full review, really, really, uh, really got my rocks off. The evil billionaire is named Saber and played by Bill Knight, which in what we might describe as a one-of-a-kind performance. The FBI has been on his trail for two years, but in one single night, the G-Force is able to save the planet by stealthily introducing a worm or virus or something into his diabolical software. All the cyber work is done by a keyboard whiz with the intensity appropriate for a programmer uh, racing to key and code to outwit the program. You should see that little felt type. Man, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Roger. That's uh, Raj talking about the the mole, the mole in the movie, who is the mole in the system, which we'll get to. But it is a one of a kind performance, and I uh, can't wait to talk about it. But let's talk about the facts, man. This movie release date July twenty fourth, two out nine, two double out nine, two thousand nine. So there's a couple things going on. Two thousand nine, uh, Black Eyed Peas were huge. Were things were great. Things things were great in two thousand nine. It was, a, it was definitely a, a different uh, time. I, I mean, we were a year out from the uh, from the fucking potential collapse of the U.S. Uh, economy. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, that was totally sweet for a lot of us. Yeah, I I wish we only had a, a, a collapsing economy right now. Could you imagine if we only had a collapsing economy right now? <laughs> Man, can I? 
Uh, the summer sick might just turn into the uh, might be the it might be the year the of fall, the fall <laughs> the fall of the fields yeah the, the fall of the United States <laughs> yeah that as well and then it'll end with our final podcast the postman <laughs> we're doing the postman when we, when we that's call our, quits. our our apocalyptic series which is just us during the apocalypse <laughs> podcasting six until we, months from now <laughs> to, podcasting until we die yeah, yeah uh, I can't wait to do the postman that should be a three part uh, three part series we'll do the three postman acts. three times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just three times in a row. Yeah, just force ourselves so to watch a three-hour movie three times. Yep. Yeah, we found this DVD player, but it only has the postman in it. <laughs> uh, speaking of my Avatar podcast, we're going to start it any day now. Uh, any day now. Yeah, any day. Any just, day like, now. just like James Cameron, any day now. <laughs> yeah, any day now, the Avatar podcast is going to start uh, just looking for the right name, and then we're going to go from there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Anyway, 2009, 2009. That's when it was released. Uh, the rating for this film, uh, one of the rare uh, rare animated slash live action movies to be rated uh, above a G, it's PG. PG. Got a PG rating. So next to Enchanted and Roger Rabbit, at least uh, at least according to my sources, say that this is a, this is a PG film. Okay. Uh, everything I, else is G. I agree. It was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, I know what you did there. Runtime, 92 minutes. So uh, hour 32 acceptable sure it meets the criteria for two us two minutes too long it meets the good criteria for <laughs> yeah. us at least objectively under 95 is uh, where we're going in the future and i i think everybody needs to get the fuck on board mm-hmm. huh yeah yeah give me give me quick quick and dirty so i can post clips of it on youtube yeah that's, i, I want to so be able everybody to, else can watch it yeah that's, i want to be able to do it now do it in four youtube clips instead of uh instead of six you know mm-hmm. taglines the world needs bigger heroes Gadgets, gizmos, guinea pigs in 3D. So this was around the time of the big 3D push, uh, late 2000s. Jerry Bruckheimer's first 3D movie, which is cool. Wow, that's a great fact. I like that. Was it his only one? How I don't many, know. That was in the it was in the trailer. He's got a pirates movie that's got to gotta be 3D. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like Pirates Four's got to be 3D. I think I saw it in 3D. Uh, this is it. Right when Jerry Bruckheimer was tipping over the edge of bad and into bad for a long time. I mean, he was just producing things. Uh, it wasn't even Jerry Bruckheimer. It was like Jerry Bruckheimer Studios or whatever. Productions. Yeah, because everything that he made movie-wise after this movie, uh, not good up until maybe uh, Top Gun Maverick. Big which paycheck he is, guy. Which he is producing. I mean, Bruckheimer's a big paycheck guy. Why do you think he did CSI? I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about revisiting the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Mm, uh, maybe that's, there, maybe that should be your podcast. Yeah, there's some Bring love. back the pirate trend. There's some love for number two out there that I didn't really realize existed, and uh, and for number four, there's you know, a, Stranger Tides. People like no, they shouldn't like that movie. That movie's bad. I saw that in theaters with Penelope. Yeah, with Penelope and uh, and uh, Ian McShane. No, well, speaking of Penelope, yeah, she's gonna come up for us. Uh, oh, nice. What's your tagline? My tagline is these guineas can spy. These guineas can spy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's derogatory towards Italians, but I'm just talking about guinea pigs. I like that you get right into it. You don't fuck around with uh, these guineas not spying. You know? I mean, technically, I can say the word because I'm sitting next to an, uh, 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 someone who thinks he's Italian. Yeah, and okay, well, yeah, a little too far. Again, again, you're crossing the line, crossing the line, but. It's acceptable. Uh, mine is they put the G in G-Force. Do they? Well, guinea pig, you know. They put oh. that in G-Force. Oh, put but, the guinea in guinea force. So it really it should tricks, be called guinea force. It tricks people, in, <laughs> yeah, which is an Italian group of Italian cops that are highly racist in like a neighborhood in New York. Is that what a guinea force would be? <laughs> 
called the 11th precinct in the NYPD. <laughs> I'm not perverted. I'm just Italian. Plot keywords. Hey, you said it, not me. Plot keywords, live action CGI hybrid. Okay, is the hybrid... This oh, is all okay. one, this is all one keyword. It. I get it. Yeah, I get it. This is all one keyword. Uh, we've done two of those this year. Yeah, we it have. It feels like. Uh, I want to say yes. At least one, uh, if not two. I mean, this is the one, if so. Woman wears eyeglasses. <laughs> 2000s. I like when, uh, I just want to say, fetish. the fetish ones are my favorite pot keywords. Uh, anything that can be even mildly construed as a fetish is one of my favorite pot keywords. Hmm. 2000s fly. <laughs> I don't think you can hear it. I hear him sliding across the, the floor. You can go see mommy. <laughs> Yet another producer kicked off the podcast before his time. Yep, cut down on his prime without question. Then f- the final plot keyword animal spy. Animal spy. A filthy spy. Is uh, Scooby Doo an animal spy? He might be the world's most famous animal spy. Did he ever go undercover? Or is he more of a detective? I'm sure Scooby-Doo went, un- <laughs> went undercover. Are you kidding me? I mean, under sheets. Actually, uh, yeah, a dog uh, a dog spy would actually be pretty good because people will let him in, you know? Especially a big boy like Scooby-Doo. Just that dog. That's a good old dog. I tell that good old dog, hey, dog, you the good Get old dog. that dog. Uh, I'll tell that dog, I'll tell that dog, you the good old dog, dog. Number two most famous animal spy uh, TV, though, is Phineas and Ferb. Uh, oh, God, the duck? The, 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 no, the platypus. <laughs> the platypus, yeah. yeah. Uh, Harry the platypus, I think I is his name. Know. I would. I was thinking you were Perry the platypus. Perry the Perry. platypus, he is the second most famous animal spy. Third most? Secret squirrel. Secret squirrel, yep, that, glad we got those out of the way. Yeah, that's a quick top three for you. <laughs> top three bonus. A uh, budget for this film, 150 million, 292 gross. It it made money. Wow, it made a lot of money. It made, made money. almost double the money. Yeah, which is breaking even basically. I'm, I was racking my brain and just like, there's no way that I I might have not seen this movie or I might have seen this movie. This seems like up my I was getting a lot. I was getting high a lot in 2009. Yeah, but why would you spend that unnecessary money when you could just buy more? I was yeah, booze? I was pretty broke, so. The 3D movie would have cost me $20, which was a dub. Yeah. Dub and a dub. A dub. dub, that, was dub. A, that was a more fun night than uh, the movie theater. Ideally, you want to mix those two things together, but... But then you just watch Grandma's Boy again, and then you... Then yeah, you know, yeah. You didn't have to leave your couch. And you I mean, could, I don't know. I didn't go to college. I didn't go to college like you. I didn't live that. I didn't live that celebrity lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trivia. Trivia. Uh, I like this trivia because it makes no sense to me. This is the first Disney live-action computer animated hybrid film. I didn't know that was a that was a genre. I always thought that was like no matter what, it's animated. So animated live-action. Yeah, we've had those movies forever. Tell me I'm wrong. Change my mind. Uh, I can't. I can't, can't. I can't. Can't do it. Doesn't feel like that's right. Doesn't feel like that's right. Yeah, can't do it. Uh, a fact I'm going to bring up later, but I want to preface it now. Nicolas Cage uses 
the same voice for Speckles that he used in the movie Peggy Sue Got Married. That's what it is. Is that yeah. where you recognize it? I thought your, your impression at the beginning was very good. Mine, of course, as always, very bad. Well, you're very nasally, and then you, you got to enunciate a lot, but but you have like a cold, and so you just got to talk like this a lot. And I see where Nicolas Cage gets that from. It's like 50s, 60s geek guy. I'm going to have to rewatch that movie. I'm going to have to get down on that. Good old Francis Ford. Uh, but the my real favorite, the only one that matters, the thing that represents this entire movie, trivia-wise and uh, yeah, metaphorically, director Hoyt Yateman's son, Hoyt Yateman IV. Hoyt Yateman, you're not going gonna to let that die, aren't the you? Fourth, <laughs> <laughs> the fourth Yeatman of all time. Hoyt the fourth Came up with the original idea for the film when he was five years old. It's pretty brilliant. Yateman liked his son's story so much that he brought it up to producer Jerry Bruckheimer. And what? this was the last movie, <laughs> that, and the only movie, Hoyt Yateman ever directed. Wow. Wow. Makes you wonder. Speaking of Hoyt Yateman, uh, he is an Oscar winner. He is. Technical Oscar. Do they count those? Do you count those? I Would count you them. count that? Hey, do you have a technical Oscar? No, I think a technical Oscar might be more impressive than a regular one. Yeah, because it's, it's technical technical work. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like uh it's like winning Nobel Prize for like science compared to literature. You think Meryl Streep's uh judging judging technical Oscars? No. <laughs> no. She's like, I'm going to pick who best actor, actress, uh, 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 original screenplay is. I don't give a shit about about vocal effects or 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 sound effects, whatever, visual effects. Yeah. So what he did, he uh he for the he won a technical Oscar for the identification and diagnosis leading to the elimination of the red fringe artifact in traveling matte composite photography. What? That's all I got. Uh, there's no fat oh, corner oh, here oh. to back up any of it. Who? That's all we know. What? That, that's a. But, but that's like a. He got like a scientific achievement, or that's an Oscar. That's a technical Oscar. He got a technical Oscar for identifying and eliminating the red fringe around moving imagery photography. Oh, I know what I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. That I mean that deserves recognition. So so yeah. it wasn't even like it wasn't even like a category that he was playing against others. It was like a, a honorary Oscar. For, yeah, for I, doing bet that, I bet that. I bet that. James Cameron's been trying to win a technical Oscar for years. and I bet that's the egot that he wants. Yeah, because he never actually comes up with the technology. He always has somebody else do it for him. And but he's he waiting. It. He's trying. That He spends... I mean, Avatar came out in 2008. It's been 14 years of him just trying to come up with... Yeah, the, damn near 14. The thing that will get him that technical Oscar. And I think he's going for it in this next movie. Anyway... Mighty Joe Young, The Abyss, and The Fly. Visual effects, all Hoyt Yeatman. The Fly I get. The Abyss I get. What's he doing in Mighty Joe Young? Mighty Joe Young, he was nominated for an Oscar for that. Wow. For the uh, practical effects, probably. No, because it's Mighty the, Joe Young was huge when I was a kid because it was, it was uh, super. It was like a superimposed gorilla, but it was super realistic. But it, but it was a fake gorilla. Is that no, the, it wasn't a fake gorilla. No, that's the. It was a. It was a fake gorilla. No, it was a real gorilla. No, it was fake. It was animatronic. No, it was animatronic gorilla. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said real. Well, real to me. As a child. <laughs> it was real to me. Damn it. <laughs> that's the other. That's another <laughs> clip we need to get. It's still real to me. Damn it. Charlize Theron in that movie, right? Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Charlize Theron. God and Bill Paxton. 
Oh, that's right. Bill Pax. B Pax. Uh, a legendary 15-foot-tall mountain gorilla named Joe is taken to an animal sanctuary in California by zoologist Greg O'Hara <laughs> and Jill Young. Charlie's the wrong. Man, poor Mighty Joe. A uh, writer of this film, or uh, writers, I might add, is the is the famous uh, couple, the 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 Wibberly, the, the Wibberly family, the Wibberly family, Cormac yeah. and Marianne. Do you know them well? I only know them because they wrote uh, Nicolas Cage's two best um, uh, post two thousands vehicles, National Treasure and National Treasure Two: Book of Secrets. That's a hundred percent true. Uh, they also wrote Bad Boys uh, Two: The Story. Oh, did they? Did yeah. we bring them up? We had to have at some point. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Kyle messed up their, <laughs> that pronunciation of both names. Uh, there, this brought up the news for me that National Treasure is getting a TV show. Did you know this? I did not know this. No, no. I thought they was getting another movie. I, I heard, thought it wasn't getting another. TV. I heard rumors of of something related to Disney Plus. I didn't know it was going to be a TV show. So that's good to know. A Hispanic Latin American lead actor named Jess Morales, who is a 20-year-old dreamer that sets off an exploration to discover the mystery of her family history and with the help of her friends seeks to rec- recover historical lost treasure. Uh, so, it's not, so it's like National Treasure meets Lara? Lara? Lara! Yeah, National Treasure meets uh, Dora the Explorer. <laughs> oh, no. That could know. be good. I don't know about that. I might be into that. Unless it's self-aware. Yeah. But even if it's not self-aware... Just needs to be better than Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, notable crew, of course. We mentioned uh, the legendary JB J- Jerry Brooks, uh, Jay Bruckheimer. Jerry Bruckheimer hasn't made a good movie in over twenty years. Can you believe that? Has he ever directed, or is he just a producer like like Joel Silver? He's just a producer. Okay. So there's like so when you meet when people when you when people mean uh, elite Hollywood producers, they think of Jerry Bruckheimer. They yep. think of Joel Silver. They think of. Spielberg, but he's a movie maker. Uh, Brad Pitt now, <laughs> mm, but he's an actor. Um, the last, the last good movie Jerry Bruckheimer only though. produced National Treasure in two thousand four. Oh, that, Jason Bloom. That's a, that's another big producer. Oh, Blumhouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's probably most. He's probably the richest. Bloom or one. Blum. It's Blumhouse. I thought it was Bloom. Bloomhouse. I think it is. No, I think it's called Blumhouse, but I think his name might be pronounced Bloom. That can't be right. Where's our fat corner? God, Please, God. God damn it. God. We look like <laughs> fools. Killed we look them. like fools out here. We killed them. Here's the actors. Here's Montel. the reason we're doing this podcast. Nicholas Cage is in this movie. He's a voice of a, of a He's mole. He's a mole. Of a mole. Star, star-nosed mole. Yeah. God dang it. It's awesome. It's really great. It's, it's really good. It's it's everything Nick Cage wanted to be. In that he's a uh, under underground living uh, nocturnal semi nocturnal animal, uh, with a with not the greatest eyesight but most amazing taste and smell buds you can imagine. Yeah, this was uh, ma- eh. greatest olfactory bulb animal. Go, <laughs> Starnos Mole number one. Is this a guarantee? Is this a top ten Nicolas Cage performance? I want to say yes, but I I'm, think it I, might be number ten. I think what squeezes it out is uh, his b- bananas role in uh, Bad Lieutenant Portocol, New Orleans. <laughs> That's dead. That it, it, only because of how nutso he is. <laughs> I I didn't watch that because I heard it was a tough watch. Ooh, it's tough watch. I made my uh, I made uh, <laughs> a quick story. I made my. Uh, oh, oh. My Sonoma roommates watch it because I I wanted to watch a Werner Herzog film and I heard <laughs> Nicolas Cage goes goes crazy and smokes crack in this film. So we watched it and they're just like, what what did we watch? <laughs> Why did we watch this? 
but yeah. Well, I will not be exploring that. So I'm going to put it in no, my top ten. No, you should explore it. Uh, Sam Rockwell, main main guinea pig, and then uh, other guinea pigs: Penelope Cruz, Tracy Morgan, and John Favreau. Uh, John Favreau is Hurley, and Steve Buscemi is also a Steve uh, Buscemi. Uh, he's a hamster. He's not a guinea pig. He's a record. hamster, and he's a quarter ferret. Yep. And then, uh, and then uh, another live action role: Will Arnett as the FBI agent. Yep. Ka- Kaiser Kaiser. I don't remember his name. It's Saber. Saber. Bill Nye is Saber is, is 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 is. Oh yeah. Saber. Oh yeah. Bill Nye is Saber. Arnett is Sliver. He's Kip Killian. Kip Killian, and then uh, Zach Galifianakis as the main good guy. I think the ben. big good Ben Ben Kendall. Yeah, Ben Kendall. Uh, Carrie, Carrie Gar- Kelly, not Carrie. Kelly Garner as Marcy, who's the assistant. Kelly with Garner, the, the uh, woman with, with eyeglasses. Yeah, the woman with eyeglasses. Uh, right, I, you fetish I, freak. I'm sad that she's been reduced to that. But what is, has she ever been in? She, I know she was for sure in Man of the House with uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Love that movie. I approve. I am okay with that movie. It's I, better than you would think it would. It's be. better than what you would think it would be. That's a hundred percent. You know who doesn't make it any better is Christina Milian, but 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 everything else is great about that movie. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out of the way right now. There's a lot of that guys in this movie. Uh, a lot of guys that you recognize, but you don't actually. Uh, all there playing is. roles you're not huge fan of. You won't remember. Except for Loudon Wainwright III <laughs> as Grandpa Goodman. Uh, Loudon Wainwright, great singer. In a lot of weird movies, and I love that for who him. Is, who is Grandpa Goodman? I think he's the guy at the uh, that one part. Grandpa? Actually, he, he's a... Uh, he's, he's the shitty... He's the, he's the real shitty uh, agent in this movie. No, he's not. He's Grandpa. He's Grandpa? It says Loudon Ray White III as Grandpa. <laughs> who the fuck is Grandpa? Yeah, I thought that this? was him as an agent or something, maybe. Agent Grandpa? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good undercover. Sounds... It's a good undercover name. That sounds about right. Do it. He's that agent. Yeah. Why is his name Grandpa? <laughs> Wait a minute. Grandpa Goodman. Wow. He's a musician. Wow. People love him. Everybody loves Loudon Rainwright, and I don't understand why. Wow, I just uh, that, that just blew my mind. He loves he loves to be in weird movies, that's for sure. Uh, the other that but guy, he's a character actor, yeah. Oh yeah, the other uh, that guy I want to shout out is Corey Michael Eubanks, but only because when you read it on IMDb, it says Corey Michael Eubanks as agent as Corey Eubanks, which is really close to Agent Cody Banks. I was thinking Corey in the house. Corey in the house is also uh, on the table. <laughs> it's also never on the off table. the table. Never right. off the table. All right, all right. As long as we're okay with Corey in the house references. <laughs> uh, Nisi Nash also in it in a uh, uncertain un- as the pet shop pet shop owner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's pretty angry. And Chris Chris Ellis uh, gives a really straight face FBI director story. We're gonna get into the FBI. Um, Chris Ellis, also known as the manager from uh, that thing you do. Yeah, off mic. We'll get into the FBI. We don't want to get uh, tracked or anything. Yeah, sure. Like, we're not getting tracked now. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, you want to make a scene, Nick? I don't have a scene that really sticks out to me. The The most surprising thing about this movie was how much I bought into guinea pigs being spies. Yeah. From the beginning, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm into I'm into this. So I'll, I'll tell you about the first scene of this movie. Well, our boy Ebert already laid most of it out, but... There is a former weapon arms dealer who runs a, a, a global multi-billion dollar company and the only people that can infiltrate it and see the code for what he's doing, which is also 
turning appliances into robots to kill people, mm-hmm. is this little guinea pig uh, spy crew, which is four, <laughs> three guinea pigs and a mole. Three guinea pigs and a mole. Three guinea pigs and a mole. Uh, they come into his house. There's a fly, as uh, of course the fly on the wall. Well, it, it, it's like a, it's like a half drone, half like they're using. It's the animals using the using the animal as a spy tool. Yeah. So so it's so it's like a little gu- guineaception right there. Yeah. Man, that's right around that time. Uh, so my main issues is lifespans of animals. So guinea pigs can live up to how long? How, what do you think? What do you think? Seven to nine years. Probably less than that. What do you think about a fly? Hi. I just think of uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Hi, I have a 24-hour lifespan. <laughs> I want to say like three days. <laughs> okay. Guinea pigs, four to eight years. Yeah, so I was right there. Yeah. Hamsters, two to three years. Yeah, that makes sense. Flies, housefly, 28 days. Wow, so longer than a 24-hour lifespan. Yes, that's true. Uh, most flies probably live 24 hours because they're shitty. Literally. I don't get uh, my number one thing about flies. What's your deal, man? Like, what do they do? Um, what I do want they- a vape. <laughs> that's their deal. They just want to vape. <laughs> they, they just exist. Like, they, they're, they're, part of, they're part of life. This movie probably takes place in 28 days, but they, they just they train things. this fly like immediately. You know, I have a hard time believing that this fly has been part of the crew for a long time. They should have at been at least 10 days, a little more, a little less trustworthy. A that's a that's a that's a mature fly that they're working with. Have you ever owned any of these animals that have been in this movie? No, I was not a small animal owner. Uh, well, I had chickens, uh, but that's about it. <laughs> Chickens, dogs, and cats. Okay, chickens, <laughs> chickens, dogs, and cats. Okay, great. Uh, moles? No. Who owns a mole? You don't own a mole. Who Who would own a mole? Okay, well. Besides uh, Disneyland, that's your loss because they live up to six years. They live six years. That's long. cool, man. So these you all, barely see them because they're fucking these, underground the whole time. <laughs> all these animals have can't been tra- see shit. All these animals have been training in for, to be in the FBI for two years, and this is their first mission. Well, it's not so, this, it's not even their first mission. They act like they've been around before, but then at the beginning of the first mission, Darwin, who is the main guinea pig who's played Sam by Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, yeah. he says, first mission jitters. Because this is the big first mission. First live mission, yeah. Yeah, this is the big mission that gets them the funding from the FBI. They're gonna die in a couple years. Like the, I don't I don't really see uh the future of this program. Yeah. But it's also the FBI, who is uh, not the best and has never been good at uh, you know funding things. Wow, wow! You hear that? You hear yeah. that, Chris Ray? Get his ass. Get get this motherfucker. Also, the uh, the sequel of this movie is probably them uh, quitting the FBI for uh, you for know the CIA. Yeah, for a respectable agency. <laughs> <laughs> for reasons that are uh, you know obvious, is that uh, sure. people don't trust the FBI anymore. <laughs> sure. Uh, speaking of untrustworthy, tell me about this twist, Nick, because we need to get in the, these Are You For Real moments. The number one Are You For Real moment, and always will be the Are You For Real moment, is that a kid came up with this movie, and it was made into a movie. Follow your dreams, kids, right. or ha- or have a dad named Hoy Eatman. <laughs> who, who knows a guy named Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, that's the only yeah. way you're going to get your dumb idea made into a movie. I've had a million more ideas better than this one. Yeah. And... I just forgot them immediately because they were better than this one, but not good enough. And Hoyt Eatman the Fourth, I hope you live well with your 
with your movie G-Force flying around, you know? Yeah. Really, uh, uh, the only thing that I wanted to bring up were the twists. The twists were really bad. They're not, they're not good. All of them. The twists aren't good? Every single one of them. You don't think all the twists are good? No, none of, them, none of them are good. Can you explain each twist, please? The first twist was uh, the, the guinea pigs being told that they weren't genetically modified or genetically altered, that they're just regular guinea pigs that just happen to learn English and, and spy tactics. So, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty bummed that they just did that shit on their own. Um, anti-capitalist. <laughs> number two number two twist is finding out that, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Speckles? The mole is the the bad guy the entire time. Okay, this it it's good. It's a good twist. Is it a good twist? It's a good twist. I'm not. It's a just fan. the reasoning, the, and then everything. the mole is the mole. That's yeah. the reasoning. The yeah. mole is the mole. Uh, obvious when you say it like that, but yeah. Uh, and then also the fact that his uh, parents were exterminated <laughs> by uh, by humans and wanted to take vengeance upon them. Okay, is a mole the most hated animal? I think that gophers are much hate, more hated than moles. Rats. Rats, Rat, are the most rats for sure. Yeah. Rats yeah. for sure. Who loves Radigan? The answer is no one. Rats are easily the the most terrifying creature. I don't even think anybody really thinks about moles that God much. God damn it, I hate rats so much. Who thinks about moles? Rats. I, I almost, have like open almost as hatred much hatred for rats. Almost as much hate as I have for pigeons. Like those are two. Well, those are sky rats. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah they're so bird, rats on the wings. Both checks out. Both yeah. check out. But but what we're saying is that moles aren't. On, they're the same face. They just chose moles strictly because mole is a mole. Mole is a mole. Mole's a mole, and then uh, Nicholas Cage, uh, yeah, and the whole backstory of his family getting exterminated. But that's neither here nor there. I will say that I saw this movie twice, and it checks out that he is undercover doing sneaky shit the whole time. So I like that. I right. like that they put in hints here and there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, kudos to them. He has the best. Very John LeCar of them. Yeah, the whole, the whole uh, antithesis of his reasoning to destroy the human race. Was his uh, dad, which is one of my favorite quotes of the movie. His dad, when Nick Cage is a baby mole, his dad says, "Son, if you ever have the chance to bring the <laughs> son, if you ever have the chance to bring humankind to its knees, do it." <laughs> just like a really specific uh, quotable memory that. Uh, <laughs> son, if you ever have the chance to bring humankind to its knees, do it. <laughs> Hit me with that gas. Son, if you ever get the chance to bring mankind to its knees, do it. <laughs> so, when it, when it turned into that, and then all it took was Darwin being like, hey, now where are your family? And then he's like, oh shit, my bad, my oh, bad. Oh, you're right. What have I done? <laughs> so, he's very, uh, really br- anti- very Alec Guinness a la Bridge on the River. An anticlimactic right end, ending, uh, which... It's probably my main issue with it. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't uh, finish strong. But that's a typical kids' movie: is that it's very anticlimactic because yeah, they don't want had, anyone to die. And it had to be reasonable for like, uh, and you had to make the bad guy a good guy. It was. It was just a lot yeah. of that. Realize he made a mistake and then learn his lesson. Blah blah blah. Uh, my last. My last. Are you for real? Is a. Uh, it's just a dated one. Didn't age well. Is they called phones a PDA? So. Uh, do you know what PDA stands for? Yes, Personal Digital Assistant. Wow, you got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I had a PDA back then. It was a Palm, Palm Prix. Palm, oh, Palm. It wasn't even the Palm Pilot. It was a <laughs> new iteration, the Palm Prix, which was actually a cell phone, but it was also a smartphone, but they would also designate it because it was a Palm as Personal Digital Assistant. What's the difference? Uh, Did it have, to have di- a tiny ass keyboard that you can poke anything on? Yeah, basically. Uh, it was like Blackberries ha- it was are hard st- rubber. Blackberries are the yeah. only surviving personal digital assistant. And they barely, they're barely there. 
They're barely there. There's still like a. There's probably a couple. There's probably like the personal, one million people that still use. Well, the personal digital assistant was before smartphone. In that, the fact that it only it, it you paid for you paid for cell phone access, but you couldn't make any calls on it. You could make emails. You could uh, send messages to other people who had fucking PDAs. But it was mostly like BBMs. It's mostly like, hey, I need to write this down, and that I need to, that I need to fucking do this later. Uh, here, stylus. let me put this in my pocket. Like a stylus is yeah. really important. Like I need to fucking write this grocery list, but I also need to write down my agenda for the day, and I also need to write down what meetings I have, and I also need to write down these people's phone numbers. Well, uh, if there's if they got that part wrong, technology, they got one part right. Real good stuff. I'm gonna say that. Internet of Everything, which is a one of those stupid terms that exists in the world, IoT. They got it right. Uh, everything's connected. There's uh, somebody in yeah. the future will Seamless be able will be able to tap into every single thing in your house. And uh, as this long movie, as there's something associated. Yeah, with this it, yeah. movie got it 11 years before it happened. I so. mean, it's called uh, your Alexa. It's called your Google uh, Home. It's called. Yeah, this your... predated that <laughs> by at least a few years, right? At least five years. Yeah. And uh, real good stuff is uh, cage, not caging it cage up. Cage not being cage, or th- this this begs the question: or was he being so caged that that we looked beyond it? I mean, obviously, this was a character you chose out of all. The, Jared giving you all the choices. What would draw you into to picking this guy? Because moles are kind of kept in the dark and they don't get fed very well. And <laughs> you know, I didn't want to play a guinea pig. There's there's nothing about a guinea pig that I respond to. Um, they're just a little too cute and cuddly and domesticated for my tastes. I need an animal that has a long tail that looks like he says, I dare you to pick me up. Um, and also I wanted to do something different with my voice. I knew that if I played one of the guinea pigs that they'd want uh, m- more of my own sound. With a character that looks like that, I could I could go and try to channel Mel Blanc and do something different, more of a Looney Tunes character. Well, that was, I was listening to it. It sounds like my Auntie Nelly, who, who would be chuffed. Because it was him, like, being this over, this oversaturated role, this yeah. over, uh, overacting, more or less, but he, but, he, but he wasn't overacting to a point where he was dominating the scenes up until the very end, obviously, when he was the bad guy. But you could tell, like, if you were... If we were like cage watchers, which which I would like to say we are, cage watch, big cage watchers. You're the cage. You're uh yeah. Some are sick. Some are Nick. Um, knowing knowing who who what who he is and what he's done before, it really, I think it really shows like he was given it all uh in the voice in the in the voice in the in the fucking sound booth, and. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, don't, I, think, I think it's an unanswerable question. Yeah, this was in the age of uh, Nick Cage not giving a shit. But he's also getting a paycheck. Yeah, it was three years of pay ca- paycheck cage. We we talked about this. This was right when he married Lisa Marie, too. Yeah, we talked about this pyramid. on... Uh, on uh, I think he bought the pyramid at this the time. Last one. But he... Or he named his son Kal-El. So 2007, Ghost Rider. Next, National Book of Secrets. Bangkok Dangerous, Knowing, and then G-Force. Almost all those future contenders except uh, National and uh, Knowing. And then G-Force. So this is an age of Nick being a little wild. But then he was in Bad Lieutenant, and then he was in Kick-Ass, and then he was in Sorcerer's Penance, Season of the Witch, Drive Angry, Seek Justice, Trespass, Ghost Rider 2, Stolen, Frozen Ground, 
And then finally, the Crudes brought him back on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crude set him straight. <laughs> yeah, Crude set him straight. So He's a voice good. actor. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, he found his niche. Uh, who worked, who didn't? We can easily agree. One, two, three, who worked? Nick Cage. Nick Cage, baby. Uh, you wanted to say Buscemi? I agree. Buscemi yeah. as a hamster works. I think him as a hamster is great. I yeah, would yeah, put, yeah, his, yeah. put his voice in any movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the worst for me was all the that guys, uh, the Nisi Nashes, the, uh, the anybody that has to play FBI straight director. Anybody that has to play straight as an FBI agent in a movie about the guinea third. pigs, like it's tough for them. Yeah. It's really tough for them. I get what they're going up against. That's why Bill Nye's uh, performance is so good, and that he played it like a real like spy movie. It was like he was yeah. in he was a, he was in a different movie in a good way. He kind of phoned it in. He kind of. He didn't it. have to do much. That's 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 the thing, he, right? He, but that's what Bill Nye does now in his latter years. Is he kind of phone, he kind of phones in roles unless it's don't something you, that don't you talk about him. unless it's something that he's passionate about. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He phoned in this role. He phoned in. He phoned in fucking uh, uh, all the underworlds. Um, like yeah. I'm sorry. It's just how it is. Well, fine. Replace a character with the Muppet. Uh, you're gonna throw in Beaker. I say Beaker with Zach G. Okay, then I say we make the girl with glasses uh, Bunsen. There you go. She's it just a, works. <laughs> he's a boy with glasses. So do we need to make uh, what's-her-face bald and green, or we just make uh, Bunsen sexy? Uh, Bunsen sexy. Bald, Bunsen no, sexy. bald and green still, but, oh, give give him a wig, yeah. 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 <laughs> Long blonde hair. Long yeah. blonde hair. Keep his glasses. Make them a little bit bigger, maybe. You're getting the invisible hamsters <laughs> or guinea pigs away. They're getting away. <laughs> um, uh, something that didn't we didn't bring up. Horniness. From who? Guinea pigs. Uh, oh what? yeah, from uh, from Juarez. Yeah. yeah. So so Tracy Mor- Tracy Morgan and Penelope Cruz's uh, guinea pigs are pretty. They keep trying to hook up. Pretty horny the whole movie. Yeah. Almost the entire movie. Well, Tracy Morgan's trying to get after Pen- Penelope, and Penelope's not having it. But Penelope's just being. Uh, She's being asexual. She's like, I'm just playing the game. I'm not. I'm letting them. Yeah, so, I'm letting them uh, dig their own graves. So we gotta say that that's true to form, right? Because guinea pigs seem horny. Are they horny? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I'm not a guinea okay, pig person. Okay. Well, I, I would. Google I know it. they do get eaten in the Pyrenees. Yeah, I. I in the did. Andes. Have you seen those videos of those giant guinea pigs? Yeah, I have too. And uh, I've been told that those are breeding guinea pigs to so get eaten. There's a Bourdain video about it. About, really fucked about up. Uh, guinea pigs running around the house and then one of the ladies just grabs one and they start cooking it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Pretty gnarly. No. Uh, recasting couch real quick. Um, I think you can agree on this. Chris Pratt could have been either recast as the as the lead uh, guinea pig as Darwin or as Hurley. Either one of them during this time, because this was his Parks and Rec days, so he was kind of gross, but he, but then he was trying, kind of playing it straight for the Zero Dark Thirty role. So uh, yeah, so yeah, I think Chris Pratt would have fit perfectly in uh, in this Disney film if they knew about him or cared about him. They could have gotten him pretty cheap too. Yeah, Absolutely. you didn't really need the Sam. Sam Rockwell doesn't really carry voiceover, and John Favreau doesn't really carry anything over yeah. either. Yeah, I mean he's he was leaning towards directorship anyways. Yeah, this this inspired him to making do my- fucking disgusting Cuban sandwiches out of a goddamn food truck across <laughs> the United States. That's right, I said it. Chef sucked. Yeah, chef sucked. This is an anti chef podcast. The anti chef podcast. We'll, always we'll never and understand. forever. We'll never understand what that was about. Pro Luther Vandross podcast because we're always in forever, but an anti fucking chef. podcast. If there had never been a standing ovation after chef, we would we would maybe like my it. opinion would have been like we might have right. we might have liked it, it but right the movie. fact that people stood the fuck up and, and applauded that movie for at how? least two minutes how? is one of the one of maybe the five or ten movie going experiences I'll never forget in my entire life. Now it's time for the games portion of the evening. 
Is it part of Gans, <laughs> you don't want to make it fresh in any way? No, we can't make it fresh. It already is fresh. It, it already it is. is what it is. It is what it is. It's it fresh. is what it is. It's fresh with okay. a pH. The only way you make it fresh, you uh, change the ending. Yeah. Make yeah. one guy the really bad guy, kill that person. Or or have a sacrifice at the end. If Hurley's yeah, got to die yeah, because yeah, yeah. he wants some cake, then Hurley's got to die because he wants some cake. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Nick Cage. Give Nick Cage a big uh, mole death. Moles like to die. Moles are into that, right? Yeah. Kill Bill Nye. Yeah. Maybe Bill Nye takes back over, kill him with, like, stomp him out, you know? Yeah. Something like that. You got to teach kids. You know, that's the one good thing Pixar and Disney are good at is, like, parents die. <laughs> that's the one thing they will tell you. Over and over and over again. Not because they're emotionally manipulating you. Why would they do that? No, because it's hunting season. I'm talking to you, Bambi. <laughs> now it's time for the games portion of the game. We're going to do top five. Top five. Top five spy movies. Top five spy films. Um, yeah. It's a shortened list, uh, but feel free to add on what, what you like. This is what I this is what I wrote down. Uh, Born Identity. I mean, I spy movies takes up a lot. It take, you, know? it, you think, but it doesn't. Uh, you have the board identity. The, I say the first. I only added the first film. By all means, you can add the rest of the films if you want. Uh, James Bonds. There's a there's a myriad of them that you could choose from. There's Burn After Reading, the Coen Brothers uh, spy farce. There's the Third Man, the Orson Welles uh, classic film. There's like an unbelievable amount of spy movies. Uh, Undercover Brother. There's uh, uh, which is a you know classic black exploitation comedy film. Oh, totally. Uh, Three Days of the Condor, which is basically which which uh, the Winter Soldier basically pulled eighty percent of their plot from. Uh, so you can include Winter Soldier if you which want. Which I, I good thing have we're re-watched. not going to because of Kyle. Yep. Um, I have rewatched uh, Three Days of the Condor uh, within the last year, and it was good. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a decent movie. Enemy of the State, uh, Tony Scott's uh, one of Tony Scott's finer films. That Spy Kids, underappreciated. Uh, Spy Kids. You can count Spy Kids. I didn't include it on the list. All uh, three. All three. Mission Impossible. You choose from which one you like. I personally like the first and the last. Uh, Munich, uh, the Steven Spielberg uh, a spy film about uh, about Israeli retribution from mm-hmm, the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Tinker Taylor, or not even the Holocaust from the Munich Games, obviously. Well, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy is only one third of a spy movie. The other, <laughs> there's Tinker and Taylor also in there, so I don't know. Yeah, sure, whatever. And then uh, there's a couple of Hitchcocks that I uh, neglected to mention, but don't really care about. Uh, Nick, uh, in no particular order, why don't you go ahead and give me your five? Okay, number five, in no particular order. <laughs> in no particular order, number five. <laughs> My number five, uh, I'm going to go a recent one. I'm going to go a recent one. Atomic Blonde. I'm going oh, to yeah. throw Atomic Blonde yep. in there. Uh, okay. Because I was just talking about you know guinea pigs and stuff. And this was a Charlize is the number one woman spy of all time now. You think? Yeah, I can't I really she, think of another I one. I think she can turn it into a thing, and I'm really hoping she does. I, I think, think of she, two others. Uh, she crushes this. Movie. It's it's Hannah and Salt, but none of them. Know oh, Hannah. Yeah. She's not quite a spy. But she's not a spy. She's like an anti-spy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's uh, your not particular order number five? Oh, great. I didn't know we're going back and forth. Uh, my number five would be my introduction into Daniel Craig, uh, 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 James Bondsmanship, Casino Royale. Okay. That's where, that's where I'm at right now. So I got to choose. I, I got to choose a Bond. I got to choose a Mission Impossible. And as far as I'm concerned, my favorite one of each of those. See, it's tough for me. I love Casino Royale, but also love Sam Mendes. So it's just like, do I choose Skyfall or do I go Casino? Casino is more rewatchable, but Skyfall 
No, I don't know. I think Skyfall is pretty rewatchable, but I haven't seen it. Um, I'm going to go Casino as well, uh, just because start to finish, better movie. Start to finish has everything you need in a movie. Gets a little long in the end, but so does Skyfall. So it's it's funny that you mentioned Mission Impossible. I will mention the first Mission Impossible will uh, will be my number four, strictly based on the fact that um, here's here's a funny story. Me and my uh, mom were 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 visiting her relatives um, when I was about six or seven years old, and two movies released and, that were playing near their near the, where they lived. And so my mom gave me the choice: which movie do you want to see? Do you want to see Mission Impossible? Or do you want to see Spy Hard? And I said, I want to watch Spy Hard. <laughs> so we watched Spy Hard, um, and my mom walked out 10 minutes into the fucking what? film. Yeah, she oh. was just so upset that we didn't go watch Mission Impossible, <laughs> but I get it. I get it now realizing like Spy Hard was a bad movie. I mean, Spy Hard is not, not good, but it's not that bad. Yeah, it, that it, bad. Wasn't, it wasn't my mom's cup of tea. That's that's for sure, especially me, six or seven years old. <laughs> okay, well, my, my number three is one that uh, sticks with me. Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's another movie that I that are uh, we t- we've theaters. talked about this during uh, different uh, Will Smith movies, but I I just love that movie. I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. I get that. No. Yeah. It's it's a great movie. Uh, my number three will uh, uh, because I haven't watched it that much, and and I feel like it it sticks with me a, a little bit more often. Uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Does uh, it really? I think I've maybe seen it two or three times in my life, and it always captivates me every okay. time I watch well, it. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's your what's your what's your uh, what's your two, brother? Uh, I'm not gonna choose the my. I'm gonna choose Kyle's number one while we're while we're sitting here. His number one is Winter Soldier. No, Kyle's number one is True Lies. Oh yeah, true. Well, Kyle is, no, he'll say it's Winter Soldier. No, Kyle will say True Lies. True Lies is Kyle's favorite spy movie of all He's time. He's so, so full of it. That's not true. His second favorite. Spy Kids 3D is his number one. Oh favorite. yeah, maybe. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. he is this big sly guy. Uh, my number two. My number three. Two? Yeah, yeah, two. I just don't see a way where I'm going to get the right list. You know, there's just like. No, you're not. Yeah, there's just too so many honorable there's mentions. Too, there's too many around, and then like but it changes the all the time. Like, but that's dude, the point. And then it's like, do I, I'm a, am I more of a born guy or am I more of a, you know, this or that? And then like traditional spies or am I into, you know, into other spies? I get it. The movie I uh, honorable mentioned, I haven't seen it. Sneakers. I'm going to watch that movie. Yeah, I put tried me on the record it. to watch that movie. Tried watching it, couldn't get into it. You couldn't get into it. Okay, I'm gonna it. go one that has always captivated me. Like whenever it's been on, it's something that I turn on throughout my youth. Spy Game. I'm gonna go Spy Game. Okay. Robert Redford, Brad Pitt. Okay, okay. It's I, also got the name Spy in it, so yeah. you got to give it credit there. Sure, sure. Uh, I almost put Kingsman in there. Yeah, Kingsman was an honorable mensch too. Yeah, um, that's probably right outside the five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my honorable mention will have to be. Um, I got to give it to Undercover Brother because it's it's it it has Undercover in it, so he's obviously that doing some spy, spy shit. I think. Um, but but like I already put in I already put in a, a comedic movie, so that's why I had to omit Undercover Brother. But it stands the test of time. It's a good movie. I've seen it. I've seen it unedited. I've seen it edited. Um, no matter which cut, I can watch. I can still tolerate it. But my number two would have to be Munich. Munich. Almost, almost all the scenes that you cringe at 
I remember vividly. Like walking into to what's his face having his throat cut open because he was a spy, and he got spied by the spy from the plane sequences, the the abduction sequences, from the silent uh, violence that occurs when they invade the Olympic Village. Like all that, all that was amazing. It's an amazing movie. Um, it's a problematic movie, and the and the fact that you have Jeffrey Rush and the fact that the 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 secret agent can't be trustworthy. But then again, aren't all secret agents untrustworthy? Yeah. Who reported on this story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, it's it's just it's a very captivating story. Munich, Munich, Munich for my number two. My number one. Choosing two. I'm choosing one and one A. I'm going Mission Impossible. Uh, I'm going to choose... OG? No. Ghost Protocol. Ghost Proto. Is that the one on the side of the building in Dubai? That movie was the br- yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's where he's scaling it. Yeah. Is that or... Yeah, I think, it, I think it's Ghost Fallout Protocol. Fallout is the Burj Khalifa, though. Yeah. Uh, That's all, a different scene, though. Yeah. Ghost Protocol, he has the long hair. And it's the... And it's... Oh uh, no! I'm talking directed about... by the kind of problematic guy. Who? Macquarie? No, uh, uh, Brad Bird. Sorry, Chris Macquarie. <laughs> I think you're good at your job. Chris Macquarie did the other film. Yeah, he did the next two. He did Fallout and uh, and uh, yeah, Rogue, Rogue, Nation. Rogue Nation. Okay, well, I'm still going to choose Bros- Ghost Protocol. Uh, just the side of the building thing, start to finish. I like movie. the uh, the effect that they did in the hallway where they put up the fake green screen. Yeah. yeah start to finish that movie screen. is just like unbelievable. And I saw that in theaters and it yeah. was nuts. Uh, and it's not problematic because it's Brad Bird. And my 1A is uh, Austin Powers. No, you're not. International Man of Mystery. Wow. Wow. You put the you put the parody of, of James Bond in, uh, <laughs> as number one. How could it not be? It's an honorable mention. Just along with Undercover Brother. What's your favorite Austin Powers, though? I actually might like Goldmember the most, but but mm-mm. that's because I got on late to the train. That was the last movie. That was the next movie that I saw when I visited uh, my mom's relatives back east. That was the other movie that we saw was Goldmember, and she was not impressed that we would watch that movie, too. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd pick I'd two stinkers ups- from my mom. I'd be upset if my it. mom did watch Goldmember. But look, hey, we had that choice, or we could have watched Halloween Resurrection or Jason X, and I and, and uh, she wasn't going to watch no horror movies, so we picked Goldmember. But it had the trailer for... Um, Ooh, it had the trailer for Two Towers, and that was always that was oh, really nice. Sick. Yeah, super <laughs> sick. That was that was that, I think that paid for the movie ticket itself. Oh, man, two, two Towers might be my favorite Lord of the Rings movie now. Isn't that weird that it just flipped like that? No, everybody loves an end. Uh, my number one film of uh for spies, and it's still and I will objectively argue it to this day, Born Identity. Yeah, not any other any any other one. Born Identity. Uh, it's yeah, it changed the game. Change the game. Change it, the game. It's the gold standard. It is the new gold standard. There is no James Bond anymore. It's Jason Bourne. It's not holy shit. It's James Bond. It's holy shit. It's Jason Bourne. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, it is. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Damn, Craig sucks. <laughs> there hasn't been a good Jason Bourne movie in a while. They, cho- but, they I mean, they. But did Jason choose Bourne a- isn't James Bond. That's did, what I'm saying. They did choose our boy Jeremy Renner to to keep on the legacy i mean he was the le- he was part of the legacy he was just part of the program oh uh, yeah it was born out of legacy wasn't that what it was but called? then and then right after that what happened they brought him back for jason Bourne. <laughs> they, they realized their mistake because heaven do have a name and his well, name is, is, matt is, damon. is matt damon too old now i don't know maybe yeah he's too old uh bonus you want to do this bonus top three instead of the instead of the other game i'm fine yeah, let's, I'm fine let's with do that. that yeah and we're doing a bonus 
to the, the top three. <laughs> wow, I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, animal spy movies. Animal spy movies. There's not a lot of them. Yeah, I'm going to start with my number one, Cats and Dogs. My number one is Cats and Dogs. But which because one? Is it Cats and Dogs no, or not Cats the and Kitty, Dogs? Not the Kitty Revenge Galore. Kitty not Galore, not, not Revenge of Kitty Galore, which is a future contender. The original Cats and Dogs, I felt like that was a movie from my brain when it came out. I felt like I had thought of that movie before. There's an before. advanced war going on between uh, yeah. cats and dogs. And then, I, and then I saw a trailer for it, and I'm like, this is the best fucking idea I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's how I knew that I was dumb, but also yeah. how I knew that yeah. Hollywood was dumb in yeah. the same way. Kind of, kind of. So that movie really affected me. It's something that I uh, occasionally think about, and I always get kind of weirded out about. What's your, uh, what's your number one? After reading this list and thinking about it for a while, I got to give it to G-Force. A big G Force guy. <laughs> You're a G Force guy. For animal spy movies. Wow, I'm glad that you like that's it. An, that's yeah. an all time. That's an all time animal spy movie. You know, I, it was pretty I mean, unhateable. I I think yeah. that it aged really well in in a way that people are gonna kind of underestimate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number two and three in no particular order. Uh, it would be Valiant, which is a, a CGI or not a CGI. Well, yeah, I guess a CGI. Yeah. Um, Movie about World War One carrier pigeons. Yep, yep, yep. Which is which is technically spies because they're relaying messages. Good about, movie, about, good movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll count that. And then number three, um, I'll give it to Cats and Dogs. Okay, um, just the first one because I haven't seen the second one. Yeah, yeah. My number two is Rescuers Down Under. They feel like spies. I don't think that they are spies. They're not. They work for they work for an uh, aid society. Oh, well, they're, they like they provide they they rescue people they rescue people who are in need of help. They so sneak like, around though, the right? First, yeah. Well, the first one was about an orphan girl getting abducted by a witch doctor, and then the, them taking yeah, taking her very away. good, very good. And then the second one was down under. Yeah, what was the down under? That was where they uh, they go the eagle, the alligator. Yeah, and the eagle is the eagle one. Yeah, the eagle. Yeah, they're searching for the goose that lay in the golden eggs or some shit. Oh yeah, God, man, God. So I'm gonna watch those later. Yeah, we might have to. Um, and then my number three is uh, <laughs> I don't you know think they're spies. It. Yeah, they're Legend, not spies. Legends of the Guardians, Owls of Gahul. I mean, Owls of Gahul. If those aren't spies, <laughs> then there shouldn't be spies. Spies don't exist if they if they aren't Legends of Gahul. Look, if Mar- all I'm saying is I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing <laughs> about this movie. But if Mark Rylance is in it, then it has to be a spy. All movie. I know is that if you if you fly as far as you can, you're only halfway there. Speaking of spy movie that stars Mark Rylance, we need to do the shooter. Bridge of Spies. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, British Spies. <laughs> Bridge of Spies. I, I was the first time that I called out a uh, a uh, supporting actor like win while I was watching it. I was just like, God, this dude's, this dude's crushing. I've never seen him before in my life. Same when I saw the shooter, and, and he had and he had fucking uh, laryngitis the entire filming. Wow, so it turns out so Mike, he sounds Mike, like this the entire time. Turns out Rylance is just a fucking G and just yeah. knocks it out. Yeah, yeah, we need to. Be living in England. That's, Speaking that's of fine. the G, is this better than the Big Green? Uh, no, sir. No, it's not. But it, but it's, if I were to re-rate this movie, I would give it thirty three percent. Wow, you put it up there. It it, it cuts the, it cuts the mustard. I'm gonna keep it in. I'm gonna keep it into twenty uh, four. I'm gonna give it up. I'm gonna, just give it two percent boost. I'm gonna bump it up to. I'm gonna bump it up to. It's actually a very unhateable movie, but I think that uh, it just doesn't get over the hump. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, the the overusage of the black eyed peas were a bit much, but <laughs> but it didn't warrant it to be under twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just led right into my blurb, which is I got a feeling. That's it. That my guinea pig is dead. <laughs> okay, well you're done. Uh, my blurb is uh, these guineas kind of freak me out. 
It was okay, though. <laughs> uh, uh, the, CG, the thing that makes this movie most digestible is that they're CGI guineas. If they did like a, yeah, if they well, did guineas that were a little more real, I, I it would be weird for me. That's what that's what that it brings me to to the, the bone to pick before we before we end the show is either make this movie full CGI and have CGI environments, CGI people, and just do the voices because they have the capability to do that because it's Disney, or uh, make it all live action, do babe animals, and you can't really control guinea pigs, so it kind of <laughs> doesn't really work out. So you really should just go the CGI route, and the, and having the CGI but live action world, because that Uncanny Valley was so, so distinct. We didn't even talk about the most insane parts of this movie. There was like there was almost murder by a snake. There was uh, oh, parts the where they part, get yeah. into like jet engine turbine hamster wheels yes and they cruise down the freeway and they avoid multiple cars from yeah. from doing anything it's yeah. it it's insane yeah and they were all regular guinea, guinea but this movie along. brainwashed us immediately and we we're yeah. like you know what we're in we're in we like this we don't bought care it. bought it hook line and sinker anyway any real recommendations uh ted lasso season two it's great. Yeah, I'm three episodes in. Oh, you haven't watched the Christmas episode yet? No, not yet. Oh, man. It's going to be your favorite. It's going to be your favorite Christmas thing of all time. Uh, Christmas in July, I'm always up for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's your real rec? Mine is, uh, I watched the first, uh, I recently rode on a plane and uh, recently discovered the Southwest uh, supplies free movies when you were on a plane. Yeah. So I'm into one. I'm a one- Hour into Nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk. Oh, that's for free. Wow. How do you like His, it? His like, Taken movie. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it's better. Hardcore. Yeah, I heard it's hardcore fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Good. I'll see how the last half hour goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how the third act plays out. Um, speaking of which, this is our third act. This has been Real Rotten. Uh, I'm Stephen. That's Nick. And uh, keep it real. And, and keep it, uh, you know, uh, rotten, I guess. Shout out to the, uh, to, to the boys. The boys. We'll see you soon. Summer mistake. Bye. Some films are ripe, some films are rotten We like our potatoes, our gratin You watch a film, but you can't even But here comes Nick and Steve And they break it down, they turn it out And when it was over, you wanted to shout I want my money back that was real rotten Real fucking rotten Yeah.